If you feel the rage of hell in the sky Yo, 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 yo. You guys know what it is. It is Thursday. Um, it is Courtside Thursday. We are here live in the studio. Uh, man, it's just the one and two today. We holding it down. But you know who this voice is. Michael, the PG, here on the ones and twos, uh, holding it down for my guy Bruce had an emergency. So, hey, somebody got to take over this thing. So, I guess the point guard doing the jump ball and pacing the game. And that's what I do, man. So I'm here, the Magic Johnson of the show, making sure that this thing runs smoothly and that it is showtime every time Courtside Radio is on the mic. So speaking of Mike, next to me, to the left of me, is my guy, the shooting guard itself, Mr. Inglewood. What's the deal, Mike? What is good? What's good? What's good, people? You know what it is. We back with another episode. Courtside Radio in the building. Good news radio. Good news sports. Y'all know what it is, tap in. Yes, sir. So, man, I had to start uh, the, the track off today. It had to be that uh, Reasonable Doubt, Feeling It, one of my favorite Jay-Z tracks. It's been 24 years since Hov's dropped this uh, street classic uh, to rep New York, to kind of put itself on the scene all the way when New York was kind of lost after, you know, the death of Biggie. Hov took, uh, took the throne and just haven't get got rid of it since. So had to play some reasonable doubt. Probably play another track, but man, um, let's get right to it. We got our guys, uh, Philip and Alex, gonna call in in a second. Um, the the corona, the corona uh, ran them off, man. I told them to stick to that Modelo. Stick to that Modelo. Rona won't touch you. But uh, man, the show must go on, and we doing our thing. And uh, Mike, we just gonna start it off. Um, man, what do you feel? How do you feel about first of all players opting out, and then yeah. uh, player people criticizing? Uh, first, before we get there, I got to shout out uh, the Good News Radio, the Good News Sports. We are here in the building, uh, making sure that we are, um, you know, they they give us the house and we make sure that we make this thing cracking. Uh, starting five, man, y'all know who it is, but yeah. So back to it, man. So first. It's become big because Avery Bradley of the Lakers, we're, we're Laker fans. Uh, Avery Bradley opted out to uh, because he wanted to get time with his family. I saw that it was with for the safety of his family too. Yeah, so safety I understand of it. Yeah, that so like passionately because it's like I got a little man at the house. Yeah, so it's like you know, it's like for players who opt out to not play for safety issues and for concerns of their family and things of that because money is not the issue and the things at hand. Like, let's talk about the uh, the world right now. Is in a pandemic, and they're scared of that. People no. are rioting. People are still going crazy. And but besides that, there is more cases popping up by the day. Man, That's fast. what I feel like. People are scared. It's like if we're all gonna be in a bubble, and Florida just capped. They had a seven out of ten days where they topped the highest. Yeah. So it's crazy. Exactly. California over here booming. And so it's like we it's 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 not something that that's contained mm-hmm. or more um less ruthless at the moment. Because it's like you have to think about these things are striking everyone, anyone, no matter your age, gender, 
nationality. No matter what you are, you can get it. No facts, and it's just crazy because, man, when you because I don't even think that it's fully the Rona that has these players scared. Like, hey, like, 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 because Willie Colley Stein, he's not going to play, and that's a big loss for Dallas because you know he's an athletic big for them uh, because he's having a. His baby, his uh, his chick is expecting a baby in oh, July, yeah. um. So you oh, know, yeah. so he like, man, I want to be there for those three months. Like maybe if it was a regular season going, I would still be able to come back and be with my mm-hmm. baby on our, you know, our home games and stuff. But to be in a three month bubble, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I know your, can't your do. child cannot be born in that. No, like, yeah, I feel like that, that's something that he was like, well, because he was like, well, how can we work that out? Because they will be too, they'll be too at risk. Like literally, young children and elderly people, yeah, are the highest, and the people who have lower immune systems, of course, yeah. But it's like that's you're at high risk to catch this and die. Yeah, true. And then it's just the fact that, man, you just want that time spent, like whether the Rona, yeah, whether the Rona or not. It's like I'm about to have a baby, or I want to be with my son. Like being three months away is a long, you know, it's a long time, especially for young kids. When they're first born, those are the first moments that you can't get back. Yeah. And your wife or your girl really needs you in them times. And then you have to think about the election is going to happen. So what if it don't go where everybody expected to? People might start burning stuff down. So if you stuck in this bubble, you can't really get to your family and um, and help them out because it's like, damn, I'm stuck here in this bubble. So that's why I think players are kind of looking at it all and kind of like, man, I think that is best that I just stay with my family. And, you know, that's a big loss for um, the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? I know they're saying J.R. Smith, but yeah, it's I'm like right. that. that's such a huge loss, but it's, it's truly understandable. Like when you hear different people who talking against it and saying like, man, these players should just play. It's your job. These people bro, going back to work ain't staying in no bubble for three months to work. So, bro, my it's like my life is more valuable to me than some damn check than playing for y'all. Yeah. And like not even playing for the fans, playing for the media playing for the people who's going to be who's going to be benefiting yeah, off true. me mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not worried about that aspect cuz like these people are really they're opting out for their family's sake yeah. for living their life they're yeah. like after nba i'm not i'm not going to want to go ahead and have any regrets that i chose a season over my family over seeing my in Willie Colley Stein's case, seeing my child yeah, born, birth of my baby if that's not my first if that's <laughs> my first or not bro i don't want to miss that if you want to be there and you have the chance to, yeah. If you opt in, you you're gonna you're gonna make that all null and void. No, true. And everything else that you thought you were gonna do, you're not gonna be able to leave that bubble until this season's over. Everybody can disperse and go ahead and have another COVID-free few months. No, yeah, and that's. I just think it's truly unfair for these people to um, criticize these players for not wanting to play. Because think about think about if you're a player, Mike. And you have free agency coming up, and you know that it's going to be a tough turnaround uh, to play with so with with not enough time. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be some some injuries that you can deal with, and you don't want to go into free agency injured because you're going to lose out on money. It's like oh, this guy is hurt. I can't I can't have this guy. I can't sign you to that check that you expected because you're hurt. So it's like. You have to deal with that. So the question I have is: Do you is it fair to criticize players uh, who has the option? You know, they they're just looking to protect their future earnings. What do you feel about that? 
Those players I understand because it's like you have to pay me for anything that I do. So if I put myself in this situation, yeah, I want to be compensated. Facts. But the people that feel like okay, if I opt out, and then they know they're gonna lose the money. But it's like the people that come in, you know what, why you're gonna play. No, yeah, exactly. So it's like I feel like the financial gain for certain players means more than the predominantly premier players. Yeah, yeah, true. because. People are playing for different reasons. You don't know who's playing for what and, you know, what what they need this many for. No, yeah. So I understand it on both aspects and both ends, but it's like, damn. Yeah. And think about the uh think about the players who are they're not LeBron and those guys like yeah. that who has his super bag. Like they they really can't get hurt because it's like, man, I I'm not gonna get any money. You know what I'm saying? I'm still getting paid game checks. No, only. yeah. Like LeBron is making what most people make in a lifetime in a game. So bro, they break it down to minutes per no, dollar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like bro, with LeBron is they ESPN and, and all the other analysts, I don't know where you where you statistics. Like are coming from But you Motherfuckers are cold No yeah Cold yeah. Hey real cold And If, I, if I'm if i a player Like the the one kid uh, That plays for um, Washington The shooter That had a good year this year yeah. He's sitting out Because he's kind of like uh, Man what's What's the point of me playing Like I don't know If we're really gonna I don't know If we're really gonna win And I know that Man If I'm I'm not gonna win A championship Why am I there I can stay with my family I can just train, get myself as healthy as possible, and try to get a nice check. And I just, I just think people can't criticize guys who want that bag. Yeah, want that bag, want to I be with their it. families, and just want to be safe because you know certain guys. If you on a championship contender, you like, man, I want to go and play, get this win. Or if you a guy like LeBron, maybe Dwight, guys like that who are kind of up there. You never know if you're gonna have this chance again to win a championship. Exactly. So you need every chance. I want it now. Yeah. So it's like. It's just tough, man. I see people out there saying that you should play. I remember Stephen A. saying guys should get Stephen their ass out there and play. Like, you're not playing. When you go to work, you're not stuck in a bubble. You bum. Stop lying. <laughs> Stop Look, Stephen A., we love you, but that's some bum-ass shit, bro. Nah. Don't try to hate on the people that actually be like, oh, well, I'm going to go play because I want to win. And then the other people, they be like, oh, well, I'm going to stay at the house. Oh, you guys are ass. You guys know You guys know better. Yeah. Like, it's, you're obligated to play. No, the fuck I'm not. What are you no, talking about? Man, exactly. And it's like, these guys are boys. millionaires. They're like, I'm a millionaire. You ain't about to tell me what to do, you know. Like, if my team isn't tripping, like, you know, what, what am I to do? Like, I'm just going to stay here. and Invest. Yeah, so it's... It's just and a assets, crazy situation, like man. Like Nipsey. Yeah, fast. But it's, but it's true. No, yeah. It's like people take this money. You got to think about it. People with lower income still invest and find ways to become profitable, marketable. Mm-hmm. You take people that are already on the market, yep. already have an a image, and they was like, well, I'll take the earnings I made from that, flip that. I don't need y'all right now. No, He fact. said because the next season is going to start in December, correct? Mm-hmm. December 1st is the supposed date. So now, what you telling me? I, I can wait then. I have enough money to wait until then. So another question I have, Mike, with, with so many players, um, a lot of players seem like they're catching the corona. Like every time I look left and right, I'm like, damn, this guy got the corona. This guy, do you think, like, honestly, like, are they going to have this NBA season? Because it's, it's like players are opting out for family issues. Players are opting out because they want to make sure they secure their bag. And then you have um, players getting sick. It's like, is it is it that important enough for them to have this season? I feel like it, the season is, it's wanted, 
But now, as the stakes are getting higher, is it needed? Yeah, fact. It's like it's it's one of those things where, as a fan, still, and as a part of the media, I would love to see the basketball season come come into play. The NFL season go ahead and go back into uh, in its regularly scheduled program. Yeah, but it's like the safety aspect. If you got to think about, it, if you put these people's lives at risk, it's not about the money anymore. It's like that's the whole thing with me. It's like it's not about the money. It's about the safety. It's about the security of how you gonna take care of us if some shit does happen when we supposedly should be safe in this bubble. No facts, and it's just like, is it truly worth it? You know, like you got a lot of people like Paul Pierce. Shout out to our guy, the truth. Uh, it actually was a, a year ago. What yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday since maybe? we did our our live show. So at the Truth Lounge in Hollywood, yeah. shout out Paul Pierce. So hey, we was Finals in the, MVP, baby. Man, facts, Inglewood, Inglewood, hey, and Chris. That's why I always say that's my. That was literally my Inglewood sports idol growing up. I will say that as many times as anyone needs to hear it because it's facts. When I look, people that went to Woolworth, Monroe, Morningside, all, all the way home, y'all know what it is. Like from the Crenshaw area, yeah. Paul Pierce name, like his name rung bells. Like he really like he put in his work. Rogers Park, what you mean, bro? You can't go to Rogers Park and hoop and can't can't know about no Paul Pierce. No, fact. Or about being affiliated. Blah blase blase. Man, some of two things. Like you gotta you had to earn your stripes with people who had to respect was always earned, never given. No, fact. Off the lingo was. So. And, and it's Paul, and that's why you know I, I respect him when he came out of ESPN and was just saying like. Um, it's the season gonna have an asterisk on it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, does that make does that make it worth the time? You know, you got players opting out, players getting sick, um, and now you know it's like, is how serious it's gonna be? Because if the Lakers lose, say you know we're gonna be like, damn, maybe if say if Dwight doesn't play, uh, Avery Bradley already isn't going. Mm-hmm. Like Lakers, go, Lakers lose, we're gonna be like, man, if we'd have had our full team, we would have won man. that that Clipper. You know that Clipper I, or whoever beat us, that's BS. Ah, <laughs> on contraire, Confreder. Look, I would also say if we win and we end up getting some of the free agents off the market that. LeBron can actually utilize yeah. to win with, like Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford. Fact, with yeah. JR. You understand? <laughs> we have two potential. Literally, you can get 15 out of them out of J Cross. You can get 20 to 30. And like at, at this age, you can get them about 20, 25 consistently off the bench, like if you needed them to. No, like yeah. Out of a like four game, five game stretch, he can give you a 20 piece easy. No, and I'm not saying that the Lakers still can't win because you have LeBron and AD. They have a chance to be anybody. It's just the fact that who else going to be with us? Now you can throw in excuses. So if the Clippers have a player who suddenly just opts out, they lose. What's they going to be? Oh man, if we had our full squad, you know. And it's like, do 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 those players want to have to deal with that? Um, but I also say, do you think the star players are going to start sitting out? Honestly. This, I don't think That's the, stars. Like the, the contenders the, the contenders I do not believe Their star players Are going to sit out So I feel like It's not going to be Too detrimental To the outcome Of what the season Can have Yeah On yeah. that aspect I don't you, Yeah Cause like on that point It's like You really see What they can present It's like If the star players Come out well um, Role players You're going to be Role players anyway No fact We have people That can come off the bench Or come off the streets And go ahead and fill in Your position And help them Become what you were, or probably even better, utilizing their talents. Yeah, no facts, and man, it's gonna be it's, it's very interesting. I just hope you know if guys do opt out that there's no complaints and people aren't 
you know, trying to make talk bad on them because you know it's always life is family first. You know what I'm saying? You have to go family first. And man, these guys are just making a decision to make sure that that they are safe. You know that, and it's not even just a corona. It's with the protesting and things going on with that and like the election coming up and stuff like that and you may have a contract coming up that you don't want to risk yourself so uh people like us who talk sports who are personalities broadcasters have to respect these players at this time because any decision they make i feel is the best decision you know whether it's a decision to to play or a decision not to play man i, I rock with whatever you know, and that that's what I'm with, man. So, Courtside Radio with the Storm Five, man. Uh, we just got the one and two in here. Magic and Jordan, Magic and Jordan, like we the can definitely do that. Ninety-one finals, run some shit. Yeah, like, uh, like the Dream Team. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> give and go all day, man. All day. Hey, matter of fact, hey, hit him with the look. I even had to hit him with the Kobe on the on the uh, just ISO ISO. Look, call that call ISO. <laughs> hey, pick a roll, ISO. Which one, man? Facts. Don't matter, right? All right, cool. Look, it don't yeah. matter. Put your ankles in the yard, and that's that's what we gotta do, man. I'm trying to get um, man, we try to get this zoom cracking, but this is true. We got a yeah, we got our Larry Bird or yeah. Brian Scalabrini, however he feeling that day. Uh, Larry Bird, Larry Bird. Know. I would love to give it to him, but but he feels Brian Scalabrini. We don't like We don't give Scalabrini that much power, man. He ain't. I don't. I give him. I give him. Uh, <laughs> he has. Marketability in the white in the white people's area. No, yeah, because, he does. No, but it's like you gotta think about it. He's cool as fuck. He's funny as hell. No, he yeah, did, true. Look, he did his job whenever he had to. He didn't have to too much. So look, he, no, was, yeah. he was chilling. <laughs> he was chilling. Hey, facts and Behimes is a beast. Y'all know that. And the four Phil, we see you, big dog. We're trying to actually see y'all in a minute. Zoom, yeah. we're trying to get you right. I don't think we're gonna be able to get the Zoom. It's tripping, but we're gonna be able to get them to call in. Um, I'm gonna have to send them this number, but yeah, Courtside Radio Star Five show must go on. We doing our thing, uh, man. Hit us up in the chat box, man. If you guys want to chat it up, I remember we have our IG page. You guys can always check in and uh, show love with the content that we drop, um, man. So just to take it around the league, man, uh, Mr. Half Man, Half Amazing. Ooh, ooh. Vince Carter, man, let's give him some hand claps, Please, man. man. Thank you. This give him some hand claps. That man I played. Feel like went down there, girl. I'm about to say, wait a minute. Hey, he played 22 years in the league, four decades. Drafted in '98, played the, the end of the, uh, the '90s, played the 2000s, two, 2010. Now he's retiring, uh, year 2020. So shout out to that guy, one of bro, the most exciting players ago? to ever watch. Four decades, bro. Like bro. you got to think about this. Like as a, like as a fan, you got to see this man from. Young half man, half amazing. Yeah, to still being surprised he could windmill half amazing. Facts. Look, I was like, I don't even know if he was half man. Still, he was just half amazing. Yeah. Like, goddamn. <laughs> nah, <This> yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you still doing this? Like, everybody was like, bro, how are you? You genetically, you're genetically modified. I don't understand. You got a forty something inch vertical. You're fifty. I feel like you're fifty now. Hey, do you think he gave us the greatest slam dunk contest performance of all time with his uh, two thousand? No, he gave the most electrifying, outcoming party for the dunk contest. Mm. But the best dunk contest still involves Aaron Gordon. No, I'm just saying that just a single player. If you think of yeah. one single player, you uh, and they're um, they say they three to three to five dunks. Mm-hmm. You think he got the best one? One second, let's see who this call. Let's see, man. let's see. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you guys for calling in the Courtside Radio. I think I know who this is. What's good? 
Hey. What's up? No, I, I gotta turn y'all up. I can barely hear you. Two four pick and roll. No, I'm saying. Let me say it again. No, I said, what's up, Philip? We blessed, champ. How you feeling? How you feeling? True. Hey, yes, sir. Three what's and a up, four man? With it, the three and the four. You Dude, you got the one and two in the building, three and the four in the same building. So, man, we doing it. But, um, man, Mike is about to drop these stats for us real quick for Vince Carter's career. Uh, he's gonna give us a career stat. So, uh, twenty two years, man. We're gonna discuss more of it in a bit. So, what's up, Mike? So, we got one of the best dunkers and the arguably most athletic player consistently throughout a career, Vince Carter. Half man, half amazing himself. The coming out party 2000 dunk contest, arguably still the best all time. You can debate, but you got to understand this man did everything you thought he would. So we're going to come out with Toronto. You said which one? I said, and he didn't miss a dunk, though. That, hey, hey, that was a part of the 50 club. Legendary. But everything he did was innovative. Ooh, you said he, he reminded you of Sean Bradley? No, he said he bashed on no, Sean Bradley. Oh no, he bashed on he, on on oh, everybody. No he, no, he he did that to about eighty seven percent of the league from about. Don't get I'm not the seven footer. He was he was a legit seven footer. Hey, so throw us but, those uh, career stats. Give us um give us Toronto and, hey, I got and New Jersey because that's when they, I think his best his best set, two uh, teams he played for. And then give us his total career stats. I already you already had them lined up. I oh, got perfect. you. I got you. So he had seven seasons with Toronto, and you have to understand that this man averaged twenty three point four points, and he just was one of those players that like if you have five five point two rebounds and three point nine assists, what what do you what else do you want from me? I'm the only player that we got right now. Man, yeah, fact. But it's like for the longest, he was a player that he put Canada on the map. No, he like, did. He put a whole nother, a whole nother nation over there. You feel like not literally nation, but you know what I mean. No, yeah. Like he put it. a whole nother brand of basketball over there that people didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. So when you feel into the uh, Toronto Raptors arena. It was amazing every time. Nah. But I would love to say that New Jersey, I would say New Jersey is when I actually saw him become a bucket. It was like he utilizes athleticism to go ahead and beast out 23.6 points mm-hmm. with 5.8 rebounds and four, almost five assists. He was a baller. My, my question about Vince Carter is I don't know if he was – Ever truly like a great player? He was always really good, but I don't think he's ever, like ever was like them. We he's never saw the full. We never yeah. saw the full Vince Carter. I agree with you on that. I think he got snubbed by injuries and the issues going on externally with you know the actual Toronto Raptors organization. I think that we got we didn't get to see Vince at his best, which sucked. He declined so, after he got to Dallas. Personally, yeah, no. No. Exactly. Young legs. And Kenyon Martin with Kerry Kittles over there. 
No, yeah. Yep. But man, I he was he was good with Toronto with um New Jersey. But Toronto, he was he was closest just they couldn't get past AI and He was all they had. Those he, wasn't guys. Go-to, he wasn't a go to he wasn't a go to star. If T Max stays there, that duo would have been crazy. But it's crazy that he doesn't even average twenty for his career. Like sixteen point seven, bro. Yeah. That's like that's that's not that's not a he wasn't never a, an elite player. He was just always a consistent highlight. Yeah, but then he was. Bro, when he got to Dallas, he only averaged twelve points. No, yeah, and that was his third team. Yeah, his numbers just started to dwindle once he reached about age. Uh, I would no, say it was, it was it was Toronto, two thousand eleven, Dallas, and then Phoenix. Right? No, it was Toronto, uh, New Jersey, Orlando. Well, he had injuries. We played though. with Dwight, and then uh, then Phoenix. And by yeah, that, yeah. by by the time he reached Orlando, it was a wrap. It was like, oh, he ain't. You know, you had Kobe and those guys was still, you know, great. But you know, at thirty three, thirty four, he kind of started to fade, and he didn't average twenty points again after the uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten season. No, I, I agree. see average after that season was only sixteen point six, bro. Yeah, which is like, and it only declined from there. And he took the But you know what he he starred in that role. That's what the crazy part was. When he took over as a role player and not having to be the consistent go to bucket for a team that was like, Oh, we're gonna still have you as a you're gonna be a vital piece to how we're gonna win and lose these games. Yeah, true. When you have Vince Carter coming off the bench, schooling the younger players, showing knowledge and knowing how to play, putting himself in positions during a game to help you win already. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Like after, I would honestly say when he got to Dallas, it was like, okay, you're on a decline, but damn it, you you doing what we asking you to do and what we need you to do every time you step on this court. Hey, so I have a question for you guys when it comes to Vince Carter. Um, Consistency. Should Toronto should the Raptors retire his jersey? Yes. I think that in this instance, in this one exception, I'm going to agree with Mike for one reason. When you think about the Raptors and their origins, like Vince Carter is the origin of what we now know today as the Toronto Raptors. Like he put them on the map and got them notoriety and fame pretty damn quickly. He's solely the star player of Toronto's history. Not Bosch. Like until Kawhi had won that title, Vince Carter was the most synonymous player aside from Chris Bosch possibly with the Toronto Raptors. Exactly. Hey, don't 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 put out Compton. Cause Demar was Demar was pretty big time. But see, no, Demar was what he was. Demar was the yeah, true. He does, but I was like Demar. He was he was evolving as what you brought a young athletic player of what if you would have gave T Mac that chance, that's what he would have he would have presented to Toronto. And it's, and it's the same I agree. Thing. It's like if you kind of think about it with like Vince, Vince Carter, though. like his start in his career was kind of like Demar Derozan. The only difference is Vince Carter was the first one there. He was the first face. You got it. Who else did they have jerseys that's um, retired in um, in Toronto? No one. No one. Well, exactly. So. I think only <laughs> Dale. What? Beverly Dale Curry, most likely. Nah. Dale Curry don't even have. He it. only got. He got his in Charlotte or something like that. Still. Yeah. So Calderon. It's, what? Get out of here, Alex. Do you watch basketball, man? You got me questioning now. But um. <laughs> nah. But yeah. So man, Vince Carter, uh, twenty-two year career. 
played in four decades, which is always crazy to me. Hey, this is another crazy, crazy stat is that there are no more. They're like there's no longer any players who were drafted in the 90s in the NBA today. He was the last one. Yeah, literally. Yeah, so that's you play for twenty two years. You got to be the last of your my weekend. Man, somehow. facts and man, it's yeah. The, the list includes so many great players: AI, Dirk, uh, Vince Carter, Paul Pierce, Kobe, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, Shaq, uh, KG, who all recently retired. So, man, um, that's our childhood. Our childhood pretty much gone. You know. Like the league is filled with guys who we were like not little kids, but we were like high schoolers. Bro, not even. He was in he was all rookie in eight ninety eight. 99. No, yeah, bro. I wasn't even ten in ninety eight. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, I was Hines wasn't even born in ninety eight. Yeah. He was like three after me. No. Yes. Man, you Philip, you ain't even dunking now. Stop lying to the people. You know you got bad knees now. Uh, probably like my first uh, year of college. I, I could catch a lob. I couldn't. I couldn't dunk it. I couldn't palm it. I couldn't get that much over. But I could catch a lob and push the ball in. I was easy. That's not a dunk, Michael. You, That's you, a dunk. Oh, the rim grazer package. Oh, they, hey, look, I feel you. I look, can feel, push hey, the ball in. Like, Phil said to say the rim grazer package. We, it's hey, all right. As long as, we, long as hey, I counts, grab the rim and the ball goes in. That's, that's what usually some people say. <laughs> hey, if it counts to you, Hey, but man, Hey, much love. Hand claps to Vince Carter, man. Thank you for the long career, the amazing highlights. You were... He will be a legend just because of the highlights and hey that Air that's Canada. Enough. Yeah. Insanity. Air Canada, Vinsanity, half, half man, half amazing. Uh man, shout out to that guy. But man, I'm gonna stop the music because this this topic is gonna get a little more serious. Wait, wait, before we transition. All right. Was I the only one that bought the Vince Carter shoes because I thought they would make me jump higher? Yeah, no, nah, it had to be other people in the world. I, feel like I didn't do the it. The design made me believe in that damn commercial, this nigga jumping around and shit <laughs> in the purple in that purple suit. I said, Bro, your bounce is you said, "Oh, oh!" The shocks was tight, but I, I, I just, I never got the shocks. I was at that time it was AI. You said what? You were talking about the shocks or the N ones? The shocks, not the N ones. The shocks, baby. That's like the shocks. Back for the last season, right? No, yeah, I saw, I saw that. that. The white and red Jones, yeah. if I remember correct. Those things are definitely classic, bro. Bro. Classic, classic kicks, but they about man, to go up. Cops shout out to Vince Carter. Hopefully, he's as successful with his um, career away from the league as he was in the NBA, man. Because I know it's a tough, it's a tough transition, but hopefully, he can find his way. Uh, man, just last week uh, we kind of, you know, we, we were talking about things that uh, that are going on now when it comes to the protests, systematic and, racism, yeah, and things of the systemic racism, and all just all of the uh, negativity going on with that, and then people fighting on to to make a change in this country. So this week we're going to talk about uh, we brought it up last week, but white privilege um, does it exist or is it a myth? And if it does exist, like how big is its impact? And um, man, since you're in studio with me today, uh, Mike. We're going to start with you. But uh, first, I want to say uh, shout out to our listeners who are tuning in live on the Good News Radio app, man. Thank you guys so much for the love. And then, of course, I got to shout out um, in advance those who check us out on all the great platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Uh, man, we thank you guys for the love. It's just like an NBA game. Uh, w- without your support uh, in the crowd, we wouldn't be able to. Um, you know, move forward and just give us that confidence. So we thank you guys for tuning in. Courtside Radio, starting five. We got two in the stew and two in Beverly Hills on the 27th floor. 
um, enjoying themselves, living large. Yeah, so uh, COVID that's, life. So that's uh, Heinz. This is the perfect topic. Philip, this is the perfect topic to go into. I'm very excited to discuss this. With you. No, yeah, it's dope. So yeah, white privilege does it exist or is it a myth? And how big a, of it does it have an impact on the country or even the world um, if it does exist? So Mike, what do you, what do you feel about white privilege? I feel like it does exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it is openly known that it that it does exist and is existed for the test of time it's, it's lasted the test of time but it's like it's one of those things it's like people say that they don't utilize it or you can't utilize it it's, it's not yours to have to push yeah one it's certain people that like you have to understand that white privilege is not something that you had to earn it was something that was given to you a long time ago and certain people get the benefit and profit from that facts but it's like it's it's one of those things it's like something you're birthed into yeah it's like it's one of those things it's like you can't it's like you can't run away from that that is there but you don't have to be ignorant to the fact of it because some people do understand and it's like those people that understand and know that it's like okay well this is what it is but i know people that do the same and do like have that same drive same worth at work ethic and they should be acknowledged the same yeah and it's like in the world today it's it's being more publicized of who is who is more openly on the side of superiority mm-hmm. and who is on the side of equality yeah and that goes for all races because you have to understand that everyone is a human being facts like i don't i've that's why i love about being just myself in this world today and how i've always been it's like I never saw a color because I I judge you on your mindset, what you do, why you do it, and who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Could care less what you look like. No, facts. Well, I don't care. What, I could care less who you like, what you like. Oh yeah, and that's and, your life. You should live it, and I'm not going to judge you on that because I no one on this earth is perfect. True. Uh, so, um, man, uh, Hans, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna have you uh, go last just because you are the quote unquote. White guy on the show. Everybody say the token. Well, everybody well, has. A, I am token white boy. Yeah, you. Okay. You have and the he's token Jewish. white he's guy. Jewish people. Remember yeah. that. So, Don't like, that. I want you saying. to uh, have the the have, have your say up. after um, I say I guess the black guys, <laughs> but Philip. So, what's your take on white privilege? Um, do you think it exists or is it a myth? And if it does exist, how impactful you think it is on the country? Um, it definitely exists, man. I don't know how can, anybody can deny it. The only people that denies it exists is those people that want to stay in power, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say power, I don't mean like, when I say power, I mean like that certain stigma of, of people that, that kind of control the things that goes on in this country and possibly in this world, man. Um, but that definitely you get the head nod before, you know, a black person would and everything that goes along with that, man. Um, so it definitely has some advantages. I don't see any disadvantages. Generational to it, advantages, uh, like that. Um, but yeah, man, it definitely exists. I don't really have too much to say on it, so I'm just gonna keep it brief and say it definitely exists, and, and it's gonna be hard to uh, overcome that for our country. No, and, and I believe that it's it's really really tough. Uh, before we go to you, Himes, because when it comes to white privilege, it started, you know. You know, at the beginning, like with slavery and things like that, because even when we started to get everything together and um, 
we uh like us black people we were fighting to gain equality you know white people were they were they were building up equity so we were just trying to be equal to them while they were just getting equity making all this money patenting stuff uh that maybe their uh slave master uh slaves uh created and just getting all this money so when we finally became like on equal footing or say like you know we finally were able to vote and do all these certain things man the the head start was so huge that man we're still we're still trying to catch up to this day and just the privilege of not having to worry about driving while black, um, not having to worry about, damn, hopefully my name doesn't keep me from getting this job because, you know, it's a quote unquote black name. And then hoping that you do show up to that interview that they don't look at you and be like, OK, this guy's already X'd out because we see these other candidates that are probably better and just all of that stuff, man. So, uh, Hans, what's your take on uh on a white privilege well it's a fact that it exists and it goes farther back than the days of u.s slave trade and you and the united states dealing with slavery it goes all the way back dating to the days of england and early parliament and also early governments i mean there's always a system in most countries where you're based off of the color of your skin and there's a caste system in most places. And here we happen to have one of the most obviously grotesque ones that needs to be dealt with and handled with white privilege is something I live with every day. I mean, to put it bluntly, I don't have to ever think about having to sit down my child and tell them how to act or deal or progressively avoid dealing with the police. I don't have to do that. And by that, I, that's white privilege in essence right there, not having to do what someone else has to do in gotcha. order to survive, in order to live. Agree. White privilege is very prevalent among us. And I mean, I'm an interesting case where I'm a Jewish man and I, my faith, although is still recognized as a religion, in some ways it is a people. It is a civilization. It is its own race in essence. And because of that, I also fall into the category of white. So I get treated as if I get treated, I get the benefits of being a white man in this country. And that says a lot as is about our current system. And it's, it's a grotesque reality that I don't understand how people can't obviously see. Like we always talk about how uh, with the police, they have uh, deep undertones rooted into their very system that is they were they originated, at least in this country, with the connotation of hunting slaves and bringing them back to their masters. And just as that, society has developed its own caste system of which we place white skin, white as a color, above all other colors in terms of the system itself. And pe- people are treated as such. Minorities are the ones that are treated the worst out of this entire situation because those who don't have the fair skin don't get the benefits of society as a whole. And we're now seeing it in such a very, very magnified way with the benefit of social media and the benefit of this pandemic. It's shined a light on the racism and injustices that have occurred in this country. And for people to continuously deny this thing called white privilege, just ask yourself, have you ever faced a moment where you're afraid of being pulled over by a cop? Have you ever faced a situation at a yeah. job where you're overlooked because you know that someone has a either resume connection, nepotism to some degree, or based off of skin color? It's, it's there and obvious. 
it's time to just open your eyes to see the reality. Yeah. And that's the, the conversation we need to have with people, not to bash them, but to open their eyes to the reality. Similar to the matrix, you take the red pill, you go back into the wormhole, you take the blue pill, you get to experience the matrix and reality for what it is. Yeah. And, and I just, I truly think that it just has to be, it has to be embraced. Like, um, if you don't believe that it is an advantage for you in your white America, you're part of the problem because, you know, you have to see that it, it is happening. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those people who don't embrace it, they, you know, they don't have, you know, cause they, there are some white people who come from poor neighborhoods and, say, I don't and stuff like that. Yeah. And they, like, they feel they don't benefit as much as someone whose family is from, you know, the OC or like, uh, yeah, any of the suburban areas. Proximity and location do not matter. Exactly. Right? No, yeah, day, exactly. You can still tell by, think about all the mass shootings that have occurred. Dylan Roof. Yeah. What did he get the sentence? He got a light sentence for what he should have actually gotten. And Burger King. And it's yeah, they went and took him to get Burger King. On the way to book him. Yeah, and it's like, that doesn't happen to, to black people. If black people killed uh, X amount of people, a black person, and they get captured, most likely they're going to die on the spot. You know, it won't be like, we're just going to oh, arrest I'll you. Give you bro. I'll give you one better that'll disgust you. Brock Turner, the uh, college student that raped the uh, female who was drunk outside of a party, got caught and was given six months in probation. And the court judge actually stated that he didn't want to mess up this kid's bright future. No, so I, I remember that. Along with that we, we saw the quote, uh, I saw a quote today that said, when a black man gets killed, they want to bring up his past. But when a white man rapes, they want to, uh, they want to protect his future. And that's super messed up, man. Like, but it's the reality that we live in. No. Yeah. And that's the sad part. Cause and it's the truth. truth. Cause think about, um, George Floyd, like once that happened to him, was totally uncalled for the way that he was uh, lynched in front of the the, the world. Eight minutes and forty six seconds. Eight minutes forty six seconds. But first thing they're trying to do is find the diff- the things that he did wrong. Like oh, he wasn't perfect, you know. He he did this. He did. He shot a porno. He was a defenseless you know, man. He did all these things. He did it was worth dying for. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the point that we need to make is like. He was not a None threat to you, and you killed, you murdered him. is worthy of dying for, and the cops aren't the judge or executioner in, in, in any case. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, if yeah. he did do something way worse, and we, he would have got the death sentence, it's not on the cops to, to, to carry that out. He's still due diligence of, of the of the courts and everything. Yeah, the yeah. three or four cops that were just talking about slaughtering uh, all the N-words they could find. And they got fired immediately as they found the audio to that. Yeah. So like there that's do you have to understand that the police were never set up for our well being. They were always set up to stay towards their origin. They just shifted to go ahead and go with the times. Because you have to adapt. So they did because they have to they had to become more lean on certain things, but their power and their use of force is always something that they can always negotiate. It's always something that that's at their disclo- like their disclosure. Whatever we want, we can do to you because it's in our power and our right. Even if we're violating yours yeah. every single fucking time. And I just think their privileges, man. They just have they just have that that huge head start to where we like for for black people when we graduate from college. It's such a big accomplishment because we don't have a lot of family members to do it. Usually, you're the first. Yeah, usually you're the first. Yeah, and when you're the, when you're a white American, your privilege has led to where 
That's it's, a normal. Yeah, it's a, a normal, normal thing. That's like if norm. you don't do it, it's kind of like what what's your issue? So, man, white privilege. Uh, I believe is real. Um, I'm going to make sure that we drop a post uh, and just ask you guys what you guys feel about it, man. Hopefully, we get hit up by people who are white, black, Asian, Hispanic, and tell us what you think. Because I remember being a guest on Ladies Night, and uh, the guy on there, he was kind of he said he agreed. He said it it is real, but he didn't think the impact was that. He didn't think the impact was that big. He was just like anybody can make it. it like happens. Yeah, it's just like it's just like mm-hmm. you could change that narrative. And I'm okay. like, that's part of the problem. That's what I was going to say. So before we end that, don't you think that the key thing to to having that white privilege is generational a generational advantage yeah. against all other any other any other race? Mm-hmm. You automatically have a head start. Yeah. Over anyone Because you claim superiority Long time ago Your ancestors did And so when the Banks went ahead And go ahead and gave The seven families Go ahead and gave right To go ahead and ownership Of all the money When you control the money And then you control How the wars are said Who funds what All that And then you press Your military force Do you understand That you can Utilize and manipulate Anything That you can pay for No facts And I just it's just an issue that people, that white people Jim have to Morrison embrace. Said, and Jim Morrison once said, and Jim Morrison was the lead singer for the band The Doors from the 60s, mm-hmm. for those who don't know. Uh, he once said, those who control the media control the mind. Oh, a long Simply time ago. Put. I remember no, that. Facts. I remember that. Yeah. And who, who controls the media? Not, not, not black faces. Well, we'll just say that uh, a certain group does control majority of it, you know, CBN, I mean not CBN, but we got a uh, CBS, TNT, ESPN, those certain networks that that ABC and those things. When those are the major markets of media, and they control whatever you whatever you see. Damn. Yeah. So it's mm, it's just mm, mm. it's just an issue that that's going to be there. They but control the narrative, as anyone would like to say. No, of course, already. Yeah, they control, they control the, the narrative, narrative and. That's truly what it is. Like, think, look at the black media. Like, look how much harder black media has to work to get to the forefront, to like, you know, to get credentials to games and things like that, to where you're part of these dominant, um, you know, white owned companies that you, you're going to most likely get there and get a different type of respect. So, man, white privilege, man, make sure y'all check out our Instagram. We're going to make sure that we ask that question so we can see what you guys feel about it and you guys can give your takes and we'll make sure that we chime in back to you. Uh, Corsair Radio with the starting five here in the studio with um, me and my guy Mike. And then we got on the phone uh, our small forward and power forward, Alex and Phillip. Shout out to our, our center, Bruce, who's usually on the ones and twos. He had to take care of some business. But just to keep it there, uh, kind of in the same type of tone. Uh, this week's hate ass Mike Kell segment. Hate, 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 hate. If you have hate, hate in your heart, let it out. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be, uh, man, it, it is. I have to. Oh, let me turn that down. It's lit. But uh, yeah, this week's. Man, Mark Bland, nothing. Shout out to shout out to just a dope ass podcast who start calling me hating ass Mike Kell for a reason. 
for some reason And I was just like Skip it I'm embrace it But this week Is more serious It's going to be Louisville Kentucky Police Department For not arresting The killers Who murdered Breonna Taylor in While she was in her home I just think that Man It's it's enough We need that We need that justice To happen for her And her family Those officers I believe it was three Need to be arrested and, and be in jail You know Until everything Is figured out They shouldn't be at home Relaxing Eating good food Being oh. with their families After such a You know Horrible, horrible incident that took a beautiful black woman's life who was just in her house doing nothing. A heinous wrong. intrusion. Yeah, intrusion. They, they intruded their house, shot up their house. Yeah. When they felt threatened because her boyfriend or husband at the time, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Came to the door like when he when they heard people mm-hmm. because they had a no knock warrant. No. Yeah, also, yeah. let's shout that out that they actually changed it. Put to it in. Yeah. Now. They that is a law now for them. I had a I had a friend of no. mine from middle school who was killed the same way uh, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Police, uh, you know, busting his door and shot him dead, uh, and it was the wrong home. So I know you that. Too? Yeah, huh? Inglewood uh, PD got my father's one of my father's closest friends. Yeah, they shot through shot through his door because they were at the wrong house at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, who so, who in Inglewood is not gonna come to the door with a bird? And come I on, guarantee man. those cops who did that didn't go to jail, just like the cops who killed my friend Trey didn't go to jail and that's why it needs to be fixed right now so rest in peace Breonna Taylor uh man we we're we I've been out protesting and like you know we say say his name George Floyd but we make sure we say say her name Brianna Taylor because definitely. we want justice or whoever out there who was killed wrongly by the police or due to racism we need to change that so that's why I'm hating on this week Louisville Police Department make sure y'all fix that and make everything right because hey it's a fight that won't stop and we want to make sure that we are cherished and loved the same way that others are when it comes to being uh, African American or even African in this world, but especially African American since we're since we are here in American. Like K Dot said, I'm yeah. Israelite. No, yeah, facts. But uh, yeah, man. So uh, Hans, before we move on to our final topic, Jesus was black, uh, which Another is uh, ten right years. Around. It's been ten years since the decision, and I want to talk about the impact it has had on the league. Um, you got you got a Celtic dump. Yes, sir. Today's Celtic dump. They are a dump. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning into the Good News Radio, one and only courtside radio. This is White Chocolate Alex Times with you for this week's episode of the Celtic Dump. And for this week's episode, this is more of a discussion-based episode. But first, I will take note that. One Jason Tatum has just adopted a dog, and he named his dog after one Kobe Bean Bryant. Dope. He's named his pup Beans. So, now on a more serious note, I gotta tell you, this week, you hear all of the stories, the rumors about, you know, what's coming up in free agency, what's to come, especially with players who have their options to pick up. And that falls under the category of one Gordon Hayward who is the subject now of pretty much every Celtic trade rumor on the effing planet. Let him go. So, as of today, NBA Analysis Network decided to post a trade suggestion for the Boston Celtics to get rid of Gordon Hayward and potentially upgrade. Their trade idea, I think, is by far the dumbest idea I've seen in a very long time, and it was written by one Evan Massey, for those of you who don't know who he is. Uh, oh, wait, I actually have this guy on Facebook as a friend. So, Evan, if you're tuning into this or you hear about this, please know that this trade is absolute hogwash. So, now, the trade details itself are 
The Indiana Pacers are the trade partner with the Celtics. The Pacers receive Gordon Hayward, Daniel Tice, Romeo Langford, and a 2021st round pick via Milwaukee via Phoenix. The Celtics receive Miles Turner, Jeremy Lamb, and Aaron Holiday. Ass. Okay. Now, let me ask you guys very quickly. Do you guys like this trade? Mike, do you? Not for the Celtics at all, no. But you got to understand, they look like they're trying to dump some money off also. Michael, you like this trade. I'm, to be honest with you, it's the Celtics. I can care less, dog. They can do whatever they want. Hate, they hate, won't hate, They hate, won't hate, win hate. anytime soon. You're just, you're just hating. So, hate, no, hate, I'm not hate, hating. I'm just, just an NBA fan for a day. I'm just, I'm so, just being realistic. Like, I think that they should get rid of Hayward because his contract is so big. He's not the player that he once was. Um, and maybe he would be better where he can be more of the star, but he can't be that with the Celtics because of Tatum, Jalen Brown. Back, yeah, but they the whole thing. sometimes you can you could trade. Yeah, Kimball Walker. So sometimes you get better with subtraction, and that may be what they need. So I, I'm not I'm not tripping on it. I, I would I would take that trade. I think Miles Turner would be a good like big for them. Man, he definitely improved. He showed himself. He was on Team USA and everything. Um, so I think he's a, he's a good guy to, to bring in. Like I, I'm with y'all though. Gordon Hayward's washed. Uh, I think uh, he's too much money for not being auto. productive. Yeah. Huh? So he's too much money for not being productive. So yeah, we can. Yeah, not as productive. And then, like exactly. Saying, he doesn't have any room in that team. Could he be more productive? Probably if he was a second tier guy. But right now, I mean, second go to guy. But right now, he's you know third or fourth or even fifth go to. But you have right to understand now, they're giving him those. They're giving him top tier mm-hmm. attempts, though. He's getting the attempts. Right. He's just not producing with the he's opportunity. The attempts, he's not producing. Well, yeah. Yeah, now he's getting the attempts. He's just not producing. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said at the beginning, it looks like money it's a money dump. They're this trying to get off the cash. This trade is absolutely terrible. Look, I like Miles Turner and I would like him on the Celtics. But for what we're giving, Hell we're no. giving up Gordon Hayward, Daniel Tice, which is a fringe starter for us Romeo Langford who's still a defensive player that's coming into his own for us mm-hmm. and a first round pick not to mention Gordon Hayward absolutely not to mention Gordon Hayward still going you're, you're getting you're getting Miles Turner bro but Aaron you're giving Holiday. up I'm not making that move because I can get much more for Gordon Hayward. exactly I'll I was like you're not example. getting enough I will trade a Gordon Hayward plus a pick and another player to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Andre Drummond who has a similar type of trade option that Gordon Hayward happens to have but that I think way, that's worse we for Celtics big. you got a big who can't shoot free throws he doesn't have to you can't really close with he gets boards blocks boards blocks so we need your big ass four catch lobs yeah but he can't take the spacing exactly. he, that Gordon he takes Hayward away being out of the Celtics roster means that there's more touches for Jalen Brown there's more touches for Tatum there's more touches for Kemba Jalen Brown might become a fucking all-star might become all-star drumming the open footback shots and the dunks that he needs Hey, Himes, yeah. I'm gonna tell you this. Man, we've been talking about the Celtics too long, man, but whatever whatever they're gonna do, they're still gonna be All I'm saying the third and fourth best team. By far the worst Celtic dump I've had to do because this was a terrible <laughs> article. So no, yeah. Celtic brought to you by Courtside Radio has been covering this terrible Celtics trade where Gordon Hayward gets shipped to the Indiana Pacers for a bag of groceries from Whole Foods. Hey. Shout out to Evan Massey from the Atlantic for producing this terrible piece. We'll catch you next week on that one. <laughs> hey, you got hey, sure to like make sure you do a post. Like Kurt Warner. Make sure you do a post so that uh, he can know for sure with video evidence that we don't agree I will with hit this chat. 
Yeah, tag them to it, and that that will really, really make it popping. But um, man, final topic of the day. Uh, it's been ten years since LeBron had a uh, the ESPN setup, and he gave his decision. And he dumbass. He decided Shit. to take his talent. Dumbass. He decided I, to take his talent that decision. to to South Beach, where he won two out of four championships and then end up returning back to Cleveland to win one. And now he's playing here for the greatest team in sports history, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, shout out to... Shout out to the Lakers. Nah, we get it. We get it. We're not the winning is championship-wise. We nah, are the greatest. We are the greatest team in sports history. But, um, yeah, man, so... Uh, First of all, where were you? Or what, what did you think when you first heard the decision? Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you <laughs> since you're in the studio. And then what what did you um, think was like its impact on the league? So what did, what, what did you think when it first happened? When I first heard it, I said this had to be one of the worst decisions, not for picking the team, but the way you had to go about it, your presentation was horrible. That your mustache was horrible. It was, it was just like it was just a, it was a lot of bad things going on. But I didn't feel like I felt like you had you made it about you. Like the decision was, I need a press conference for this. But it's like, bro, you could hit somebody up like anybody else does. Yeah, I, with that though, I just think that he used ESPN for the big moment, and then ESPN used him because it's, it was a big moment. So True. That, but, I think that happened both both sides. But the impact on the league, we'll get to that part, the impact on the league, it felt like that changed it for how people wanted to win once they saw that it's not a long turnaround from you going to a new team if you team up, if you get you some superstar talent, if you get an all-star level, play, uh, all-star level player, two or three of them. Go ahead and we might be able to win some shit. And that's what they literally did. When LeBron went over there with D-Wade, who was already one of the working himself into being a top five player, if not a top five player, coming out not too much after he got his first ring mm-hmm. with Shaq. He was already putting himself on the map like, I can I can, I can, can run a team by myself. No, I yeah. can win by myself mm-hmm. with the pieces, I, whatever y'all put, whoever y'all put around me. I'm good enough for that. But if you give me LeBron, like LeBron saw that too. He said, "You know what, D Wade, you are a beast. Something in you I see, and I've seen that fire since '03 when we got drafted." Wait, wait, wait. Did Bron see that, or did D Wade see that and say, "Hey, I, I need, I no, think Bron, you're a beast." No, Bron saw it in D Wade because that's what I'm saying. Bron said, "I want to join you." Yeah, okay. Because he couldn't. You got to think about it. D Wade already D-Wade had won his win. Yeah. He, he was on the East, right? Yeah. So Nick, you didn't beat me. No, nah. you didn't beat. You want to join me? That's why I'm like, when LeBron made his decision, yeah. it wasn't for. D Wade's betterment. D Wade was like, "I'm good, bro. Yeah, I understand, fact. y'all. You you having some rough times in Cleveland. You trying to do it all. I'm seeing you do your damn thing, but you we gotta go have a banana boat meeting <laughs> and uh, let's talk about some things and let's talk about winning. Fact. And I feel like that changes the aspect of how people or the the dynamic of how players with all different backgrounds from whatever team you left say, "Hey, let's come together for these few years and let's win." I think we could do it. And how do you think it changed? Um, how do you think it impacted Super teams the, the were created facts. more often and more consistently? Mm-hmm. You have to understand that Golden State Warriors, when we had the Splash family, would have never happened if the likes of D-Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh never linked up. No, because that led to the Boston Celtics doing their thing, Himes. I got you. No, the Celtics did it first. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying. But I it was through trade, though. That's what I'm saying. What? No, Celtics no. did it through Actually, trade. Lakers did it 
first, bro. Actually, no, I'm talking about Malone and Peyton. That old team. I'm talking about guys. In you guys prime. understand? I'm talking about that the oh, Celtics now, now about did it, guys, huh? but I'm talking about the first team that said super team. Like I'm gonna go young talent. Not these. These are our last year's talent. Yeah. Like these are close to that right after their prime when he went for Boston. I'm talking about people that are in their prime, getting better together. Miami started that trend rather nice. The Lakers had tier talent, but they had there was a off there was a there was a Richter scale that tipped when they had when we remember when we got Carl Malone and we got Gary Payton and we thought, oh shit, we're gonna do something. But they they were that's, old, what, I'm saying. They were we, that's what I'm saying. They said that was a super type team. Yeah. Like Phil was probably saying just a second ago when he robbed the Lakers. We didn't have a super team. We had super popular and talented players who've had careers yeah. who are dom- who dominated their career but when they joined together it wasn't as effective as LeBron D-Wade and Bosh as we're gonna just leave Chris Chris Bosh was he was okay he was their third string and their third tier but he was all-star coming from Toronto to begin with yeah, it's like 20, 20 and 10 so he was a heck of a player what I feel is before we get to uh, our guys in Beverly Hills uh, I feel that I was shocked because I we just never seen a an all time great player who kept losing. No, yeah. who 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 leaves their team. We just never seen it before. So it was such a new thing, and then it was like the fact that he was going to D Wade, who was a top five guy in the league, and Chris Bosh had already said before um, D. Uh, he had already said that he was going there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, damn, they're like you about to take three of the best players from that draft and. Uh, two top five guys, and then you got a top fifteen player to join up on one team. It was just unheard of. Like we, I honestly thought, like, damn, they might win the next. Like they might get five championships those. because of those guys, and it just, you know, it didn't happen that way. That's why I kind of feel that they had some of the best years though, as yeah, a, as a career. No, yeah, I honestly, it was say a slight that. disappointment to me the fact, you know, because I, I expect them to at least get three rings. Three. But you know they only were able to get two. They but were they were close. They got it, it was man. I don't want to hear no. They were close. No, but I'm, I'm not an advocate for hey, fucking Miami. You you posted in a text. Uh-huh. You the, the Jordan comment like if you go to six chicks house. Oh, you go to six <laughs> chicks house and apparently you smash six times and you go nine times. If you go over a chicks house nine times and you smash three times, yeah. who is the goat? Who is the goat? And like they're, they're, if we're going off percentages, how fine is the chick? Though? Is the chick though? We're talking about finals MVP. Fun. We're talking, talking about, about in, we're talking about the championship. The championship is a beautiful. Whoever your dream thing. girl is, that's who that's who they got, and you didn't get her enough. But yeah, and you Lebron, you didn't get her enough, bro. So I think that's what that's what I thought when the decision happened and its she impact on up. the league is kind of <laughs> you know what Mike said. It when you're the best player, you you make things happen. So when. Uh, Jordan was the guy. He had the shoe deals and everything, so that became what everybody else wanted uh, wanted to do. Um, and you know, when the Lakers had their duo with two greats and Shaq and Kobe, everybody tried to get a duo to match that. So the league is kind of a copycat league to the star guys, and um, it, it's like that. And since LeBron was uh, like pretty much at that time, you know, Kobe was still the guy because he was winning. You know, you knew Kobe was getting older and who the next guy was and who the league wanted the next guy to be. That the fact that he did it made it for now, like here on out, where star players are like, cool, like, if I'm not winning here, instead of staying here and fighting it out, which guys like Jordan did, guys like Kobe, 
Akeem Olajuwon, uh, and so forth. It's just like, man, I'm going to just leave in free agency and go play with a team that I, I believe that's going to give me a better and easier chance to win. And whether you like it or not, I dislike it because I'm I, you just want to see the star players play on different teams unless they are just drafted that way. And it's just like, hey, that it end up happening that way. But you would like not to see star players team up with each other. And then, you know, you will hope that they get to play each other because that's where the rivalries come from because two star players butting heads and going against each other. And it made K- it led KD to doing it because he's like, okay, I, you know, hey, Le- LeBron did it. I'm going to do it. And then it, it just made all these other players say, I'm going to just find a way to get out of my situation because I I want to win and I don't want to have to work as hard. So where can it be the easiest? And that's what I think LeBron I don't think they take the easy way out every time, though. I just feel like they said that was the best opportunity for them. It's an easy times. way. KD did. He that's, went to the Warriors. It was going to be easy. LeBron but knew. But you got to understand, that's, that was the best opportunity. And that was like, okay, if they want me and that's the best opportunity to win, why the fuck would I go lose somewhere else for some more money? No, it's not like you're the fuck? You're a great player. You're supposed to. Nigga, if you go to, MJ if you go to the dominant team that's going to win, you have a chance to win. Yeah. MJ but was players, in Chicago and made it happen. D-Wade went to Chicago out of love. Remember that? Yeah, but that's even old. I'm talking about That's prime. what I'm saying. Like they, they did these things to where they joined teams that were good. But it's like you can't knock the people that joined a more predominant team than the other. Like Man. That's why I'm like people hate on KD all the goddamn time. They hate on KD for that. And I'm like, how do you hate this man for going to go with a team that was willingly saying, hey, we, we're good right now. You know why you but hate on it? Because you could have beat that team if you gave one more year and just was the best player in the series against them. Well, when you I got up, there, we won two. You're up 3-1, and you lost that series, and you should have been the best player. I got but, there, we won two. So, uh, so you mad? Philip. Philip, uh, yeah, hating that's why. That's why. Mad at, no, you know what? You that's can never why win enough for hating ass nigga. Hey, that's you why. You can never hey, win enough. That's why. <laughs> think about it. That's why he went to Brooklyn because he knew that it was too easy, and that's why LeBron went back to Cleveland because he felt guilty. Like, damn, I need to try to get one for my city because me leaving and winning is not the same. And that nigga was gonna go to Washington. If LeBron was had, go to Washington, if LeBron, that? yeah, but he didn't. You and know, that was like, and they had Bradley Bill and John Wall. Remember that? Yeah, but remember them talks? Like that's like there's so many people that are going to their hometowns that were still good when they had that, and then when people joined up, that wasn't a championship team. Like that's what I'm saying. You, they yeah. had what, good teams, what? but their people are mad after you join joining more that? predominant teams. So Philip, let me, let me hear it. I, I hear you saying some nonsense. They didn't give him no help. The organization was trash. The only way that the Cavs became a contender was after LeBron left and they had like 10 number one picks in a row, bro. That's the only reason. And only one of them in the last 14 years, one out of all number one draft picks, won a damn ring, and that's Kyrie. No, shout out Jackie McMullen. She she stated – Jackie. She stated something earlier, and I'm going to find it because – New England finest. She said some uh, man. I can't think of the show. It was on ESPN earlier, but she was talking about, you know how it's like it's easier. Like she, she pretty much said she respect more players that can, um, that that can win. By like it's much it's much tougher to win with one team than it is going from team to team trying to get the best fit to make it happen. And that's why people respect. Jordan so much for winning. That's why we respect Larry Bird and you know, we respect like 
you know, Kobe, because Kobe went through a tough time. He could have, when the Lakers are losing, he could have forced a trade and said, you know what, get me out of here ASAP and really stuck to it and got traded to a better situation. But it's like, this is my squad. I'm going to make it happen. And Bron started the, the, the switch of, you know, I'm going to somewhere else. And not only am I going somewhere else, I'm going somewhere where it's going to be a good situation where I have a good chance to win. So, uh, Philip Himes, I don't know who want to take it first. Uh, just uh, give you guys a take on what did you think when it first happened and uh, the impact on the league? I mean, I thought it was a great thing, man. Let's first off start by saying when he made the decision or whatever, that that it was a great thing for America to see what he was doing. We didn't want to see on the bottom line of ESPN, LeBron James, because he, we didn't want to see on Twitter or nothing like that. We wanted to see the show that he put on. And then people are getting mad, but they don't realize that he that he donated the every, all the proceeds from it to the Boys and Girls Club of America, which rang about three million dollars. People are mad that he used his platform and used that that to give money to people. First off, all right. Secondly, man, I couldn't wait. I moved to Miami too, man. I packed my bags, and me and LeBron both got both went to Miami, boy. But this was in response to what happened with with the Celtics, even though the Celtics players didn't signed it themselves they forced us they forced to sign to boston so it's just it just really opened up things and it allowed players to take their own destiny in their hand we see more players signing two-year deals now with options and different things like that so it kind of he kind of started the wave of players controlling their own destiny which i think is a good thing for the individual players so i salute lebron for everything he did Started a wave baby hey can i so i found jackie mullins uh comment uh it was on get up this morning, she said, you guys keep harping on the idea that LeBron can win championships with three different teams. I would argue it's a lot harder to stay with one team your entire career and win six of them. you damn so, right. And I, I truly agree with that. So, uh, Hans, what's your take on it? Wait, wait, he had good people in the front office. Six bro. or five. Jordan can't, and Kobe. Uh, we can't we can't overlook the fact that the that the front office of the Cleveland Cavaliers were trash. Excuse. Get LeBron to help them. Excuse. You know what I'm saying they got. They huh? made it to a championship, Excuse. so clearly he had enough. For how many straight years? Bro. How bro, many straight years did they make it to the final, Phil? On that, on that, on that team. No, we're talking they about just the, that first Cleveland run pretty much. Oh, they were ass. But you can't say that front office because then he, he left Miami, and they had, like, Pat Riley running the show with a good, really good coach and Eric Spoelstra, so it clearly wasn't just managed because he could – no, I'm got, talking about – I'm talking about staying with your first team, bro. He got, yeah, the Cavs. He got drafted by a trash. He would have never left him. Yeah, but Jerry Krause was terrible either. But Jordan won in spite of him. But you gotta understand, weren't they 17 and 65 on the on like on the come out? Yeah, and they started. And then they they, they built only, their way up because they, like they seven games. In you had a uh, you had Big Z, former All Star. You got Mo bro, Will. Don't give me no Big Z, bro. Who became, yeah, Big bro, Z was was now. not. He was All Star when they were low. When they still had everybody had to have a position. Shaq. He was a center. Nah, hey, Michael. Ilgowskis. Are we talking about Zadronis? Hey, Himes. Himes, give your take. This nigga said Zadronis. Yeah, bro. All right. So <laughs> Big Z back nice. when the decision happened, I remember sitting there. I was watching it with my mom, right? We're sitting there in the living room watching it as it go on. And both of us are like, oh, he's going to donate money to the Boys and Girls Club. The entire, entire amount is going to be I knew he was the decision. <laughs> then I have to sit there and listen to this dude bitch for like an hour 
and like play around with commercials in the middle of it just for me to hear one sentence, which I did not want to hear. Take my time to South Beach. He was going to go to Miami. Take my time to South Beach. It was a terrible moment, and I still remember that. It was a terrible moment because I got to watch a guy leave the team that he had basically become the face in the franchise. Nobody liked Cleveland and go to Miami to go join three super to be part of three superstars. And it two. just was sad. They're and like I two and a half like men. I got like that's one hour of my life I will never get back. You know how doctors and people make jokes saying like, "Oh yeah, if you eat a Snickers, it's one hour, one year off of your life, or like one Who day ever off." Who said your that? Life. That's the equivalent of what that whole thing did to me. That was a terrible use of an hour. That was a terrible use and excuse of ESPN airtime. I had a better time watching golf on there than that. I it still pisses me off to this very day because I think about it. And it's like one. They didn't donate out that money. Two, LeBron <laughs> basically spent a whole hour on one sentence that could have been easily put in a letter like Jordan did. He with, wasted I'm our back. time. It could yeah. have been very simple. All right, what? either way, it was a waste of time. It could have been done in a much simpler manner. I get it. You're the face of the NBA. You're the quote-unquote king. You're cool. I don't give a shit about an ESPN special. I shouldn't have watched it. I should have watched to get the Bleacher Report notification, so I Fuck wouldn't have been pissed. So, what, what do you feel about his impact? An annoying moment. Yeah, what do you feel about his impact, impact on the league? Oh, bro, come on! The impact on the league—that was the movement of true star empowerment. That was what gave the green light to literally every NBA player. We're not talking about the fringe third option on the team. We're not talking about literally Ray Allen going from the Celtics. To the heat we're talking about every all-star it paved the way for a guy like kevin durant to go leave oklahoma city to go join golden state it paved the way for guys I to start take yes it did it paved no, the way for the bad. superstar to bro no down the chain of the events it paved the way for nba stars to feel like they had the power and control and it, they didn't owe the fans anything. The old it was their terms and it was their life the senior so citizens and look what happened. Another example, Anthony Davis. He said he wanted to get out. Look what ended up happening. He's now playing with the guy who started that technique, that movement, that wave of player empowerment. Yeah. It is a long-lasting effect that now sets a new standard with the NBA. It's the new standard in the NBA, and will change. it changed the way the NBA will forever be seen and played. It's now a star-driven league more so than it ever has been. The player empowerment is off the charts. The NBA is now the most progressive league. If you think about it, they're the most progressive league in every which way, shape, or form. Look at how they handled Donald Sterling. Progressive-ass movement, especially by the first or second-year uh, uh, chairman of the NBA and Adam Silver. Like, come on. And can like, you also say that? Is, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, it's true. Everything that we see now in terms of players making moves is started and driven, especially by yeah. what LeBron did in setting the new standard in player de- empowerment and development. You know what I'm saying? That, that, it made a wave of people controlling their own destiny in, in the aspect of where I want to play. I can, I can determine that. Like, all these player options and going to go play with superstar teams. And, I don't like it, though. But I, I understand that people don't like it, but I, I feel like they have the option to play you know wherever, why, they, wherever they like. The reason why I don't like Whoever's it because best for them to win, it's, right? it started a domino effect in every level of basketball to where high school players are just leaving schools left and right to go play with other great players because it's like, hey, this is going to be easier. We're going well, to be able to – What is AAU? That's, that's literally a cream. That's cream of the crop talent, and you, you just mash them up on X amount of teams, right? That's literally what you do. 
This yeah. is a tournament of the best players that you can get all in the country. And whoever but, has the – Blue Chips got how many players from every damn state? I know, These niggas don't live together. I like, They've never played together until they got high school, right? I like or rivalries. Blue chips, I, mean. I like rivalries. But, um, man, uh, we could Me talk too. about that all day. Morning, um, Hollywood, but 10 years ago, time flies by. The decision was such a big, big thing. Uh, something that we're going to remember forever as basketball fans. But, uh, man, we always finish the show up with, uh, with our segment. Which is, um, man, our uh, throwback, player thir- uh, throwback player of the week segment. So um, once the song dropped, I mean, we about to get this thing going so we can wrap this thing up, man. Because uh, it was back in the day, you know, something like that. Yep. So back y'all hear it this week. Uh, th- hey, Alex, I had to switch gears on it because a player popped up that I said, oh, I got to show him love. So. This week's Throwback Thursday Player of the Week is a guy who won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers, three-time uh-uh. All-Star, uh-uh. uh, two-time All-NBA, 96-97 All-Star MVP, um, All-Rookie Team, uh, career averages of 18 points, four rebounds, two assists. Shoot the lights out. She can shoot the lights out. Was a 40% three-point shooter. His best season uh, seasons, which were three, were where he averaged 23.5 uh, four rebounds, two assists, one steals is with the Charlotte Hornets. It's no other than Glenn Rice. Baby uh, bounce. This week's um, throwback Thursday player uh, yeah, of the week, G Money, is what they call him. Six seven, small forward. Man, the guy had a strap. Son actually played in the league. Glenn Rice Jr. Mm-hmm. He won a national championship at the University of Michigan. Uh, he's from from Flint, Michigan. He was a fourth overall pick in 1989. Shout out Flint. But yeah, shout, shout out, out Flint. Make sure y'all get their water right. Five, get the alkaline. Hey, shout out Garden of Youth, my boy that lives in Nashville selling water in Flint. Yeah. He got selling out the store. Shipments coming in. He does shipments online. Order all around the United States, baby. Yep. We got the alkaline water. Customized levels. Nine so, uh, and up. so yeah, so Glenn Rice is this week's Throwback Thursday Player of the Week. Make sure you guys go and check out our Courtside Radio Instagram page where you can check out highlights of this week's Throwback Thursday Player of the Week. And you can go look back and see all of the past Throwback Thursday Player of the Week and see guys that you like, oh, I forgot about this guy. This guy was a hooper. And see some of their highlights, man. But we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Touchdown with Tangents up next. Uh, really dope football show. Our guys, our brother of podcasts, uh, they're here. Next on the Good News Radio app, uh, TGN Sports representing. Uh, Man, this show, they don't understand this show would be the greatest show in the world if they just talk Chiefs and Pat Mahomes Get the every fuck out episode. Of here. How you it will say be that? amazing. But you missed the, you, they they're gonna missed learn their lesson oh soon God. enough. Oh but God. um hey, Courtside Radio with the starting niggas, five. Mike Keller PG in the studio, proud. uh Mr. Ada Pappy, Mike, the shooting guard in the studio. Shout out to Himes, the small four, stretch four Phillip, who out there and uh who called in and uh communicating through and shout out Big Dog w- Bruce Big Dog Bruce dealing with a family emergency man our love is with you bro our love is with everybody out there fighting the corona shout out to my homie Willie he got that thing but he's he's fighting it he's strong Prayers so up, Big Dog man, you gonna make you it know, through Willie he gonna make it through and then shout out Big to um, just the people continue to fight and protest and do all these great things because we need to change the world and we need to change this country if we're gonna be calling ourselves a great country so Corsair Radio starting five we thank you guys for tuning in on every platform especially on the good news radio app live baby we are out this thing peace be the change you want to see people